Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. I'm Samantha Blackman, uh, one of your co-hosts, and I am uh, an associate professor at Purdue who works in the digital humanities. My thing, of course, is game theory, game studies. Um, And I am joined tonight by my two other co-hosts who will introduce themselves. Well, all right, I'll go. Uh, My name is Alex. I'm a PhD student at uh, Purdue, and I also study game theory and gaming, um, particularly the intersections uh, between those and gender. That is what I do. And I ate 10 pickles for dinner. And pickles for dinner. Uh, And I am Sarah White, and I am a continuing lecturer of English at Purdue North Central, about an hour and a half north of uh, my co-hosts in West Lafayette. And I primarily, in the past anyway, and and a continuing interest is the application of literary theory, like psychoanalytic theory and such, to video games, trying to kind of um, you know, see how they hold up as narratives or even the discussion of them as narratives. I mean, I've been finding that quite fascinating. So video games and what they're doing, what we can categorize them as and this new medium that's before us and what we're going to do with it and the way it impacts our culture, I think is quite fascinating. So I did not have 10 pickles for my dinner. What did you have? Uh, I had a sandwich and stepped eaten quickly because I helped with our spring open house <laughs> that we had tonight. So, Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. It was free. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> no, I was just, I was just looking at our, 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 uh, our audio recorder here. So if there was a little, if there's a little feedback or a little, reverb on the first part of our introductions I apologize that was that would be my fault because I only had one of my uh, earbuds in the other was kind of hanging near the computer that I'm recording on so Uh it may have picked up on that I noticed it as Sarah was talking so I stuck it in my ear so if there was a little echoiness I apologize Um, but you know what hey that's the nature of the beast right that's right Um, we'll live At least I caught it now. (laughs) So, as is usual, we'll start off. uh, We'll start off this episode with a couple of fun questions that can always lead to fun discussion. What you've been playing, what you've been reading, and then we'll go into some news and our main issue of the day, um, which this week and we didn't announce it last time is actually um, gamification. Um, so, and as I see, uh, Alex Lane just added something <laughs> to our little, what we're going to do this episode, uh, list. <laughs> we work, I thought, in, I thought it was appropriate. Google Docs in you case gotta, people are wondering. Uh, I gotta watch her every minute. <laughs> That's right. You can't take me out. <laughs> Otherwise right. she alters your reality. <laughs> All right. So I guess this week we'll start with what you've been playing. Um, and... I won't start this week. Let's mix it up a little bit. What you been playing, folks? Go ahead, Sarah. Oh, that's really mixing it up. <laughs> and you know, and you know, I uh, I 
I'm so proud of myself. Oh, well, I have my new laptop, as I as I told you before the, the recording that brought you know we started. I I have a new laptop, and on my laptop, I'm quite uh, and uh, fascinated by my plethora of gaming choices now that they have under little game accessories. So last night, as I'm laying here in the throes of my sinus cold, or whatever, I thought I don't feel like grading. I'm going to see what kind of games uh, my computer has provided. Mm-hmm. And so I go in, and I, Excuse bless me. you, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I find one that piques my interest. Okay, it's called Mystery P.I., the London Caper. Ooh. <laughs> yes, who, who wouldn't select, right? So mm-hmm. I'm immediately enthralled. I click on it, and I have a little fake coin that I have to put into a fake slot. Okay, so it's like as if I'm playing an arcade game, okay? Mm-hmm. Um it totally re- recreated that for me, of course. And, and so I, it happens, and then I'm playing my little game. Well, it's one of those where you go, to, in order to get, like, PI status, you know, private investigator, they show you, like, the inside of Big Ben, let's say, like the clock part. Okay, I'm up in the tower, the clock tower. And they have in this this scene embedded all kinds of little objects, like, there's a butterfly, there's a pencil, there's a paintbrush. You know, so you have this sort of, image like a painting almost and in tucked away and all the different little swirls and colors are all these objects and I have a list where I have to find I don't know I think maybe it's like 10 you know in there and and sometimes they didn't tell you flat out like paintbrush they might just be like an artist's tool um and on one of them it was so I guess Britified can I say it was like jerry can and I'm like Jerry can, you know. Um, so anyway, I play. Uh, no kidding. I had intended, in my illness, to go to bed very early. I didn't. Oh you know, well, I start playing this thing. I didn't go to bed until like two thirty because I keep looking for these like objects, and for some reason, I'm finding this completely compelling. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't wait to get home tonight. I'm like, I'm going to play it before the podcast. This is so exciting. It's it's the most simplistic game you'd ever play. I get in there. I can't play it anymore, of course, because you have to buy it now. That's right. Oh. Now that's my little, my little tambourine man. Uh, here's your little taste, you know. <laughs> and then now you got to pay for it. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I seriously had a moment where I had to consider. It's only like six dollars, and I'm, I don't oh, know why. Six dollars, six schmollers. You can <laughs> totally buy it. <laughs> I was. You know me- what? Those games. Those. Those. Those lost object games Mm -hmm. uh, are so addictive. You know, I don't play them now. I did, but I have to admit I went through a phase. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when I first got my iPhone um, was a big was a big time for me is that I was so dang addicted to those games that I would like go through all of the ones that, that looked interesting or that, you know, people had told me about that I found in iTunes. I even bought one. For the DS, mm. like about yes. three years ago, so about three years ago, and I went through a huge period of those those found object or lost object games. Um, mm. Now, for some reason, I can like fire one up every now and then and play for like ten minutes, but nothing like you know what I used to do. I mean, seriously, I would sit there for like an hour. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened to me. I just for hours, and I, and I don't. It's like it's like I had to prove. You know, I was trying to prove something. I was trying. Can I do this? It was really about me versus my own intelligence. And then I was getting frustrated with, like, find the jerry can. And I'm like, people, I don't have my tea and crumpets. I don't know what a jerry can is, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I am in my mind. But, yeah, I, it got me. It got me. You know, I can play 
types of games. I was at the Mac store once up in Minnesota, and um, they had these little kids' stations, and it's like waiting for something to get worked on. So I went and I sat down on their little kid ball, you know, that you can sit in front of the kid computer, and I tried to play one that for fourth graders and it kicked my ass it was horrible i like pretended like i didn't care because embarrassing with people standing there watching me just get <laughs> owned this little kids game but yeah it's just not not my thing so kudos to you well, yeah well that's what i played for hours i have to say and then i did play a little of the wheel of fortune so i've been playing my little free you know games and and uh that's really uh where i've been very cool. Well, I can go next, but mine's um, not that exciting. Um, <laughs> because I realized this afternoon as I was having uh, coffee, tea with Sam, um, that I hadn't played anything. And so I went home. This is since I saw you last, Sam, so you don't know this yet. So I went home and I tried to, uh, I started a new World of Warcraft character, and I tried to make it as far as I could without doing a quest and without killing anything. Oh, good. In- in memory of the uh, of the person who made it, just made it to eighty five without, without killing anything, without killing anything or doing a quest, I believe. So, mm. um, so I uh, it was it was horrible. <laughs> I made it to level three. It took me a very long time. I died a lot, and it just was no fun at all. So I really hats off to that person because <laughs> holy cats, it was just absolutely awful. <laughs> have, you, have you guys ever tried to do that? Oh, heck no. Yeah. I, I, I play World of Warcraft just so I can kill things. I know, right? <laughs> I don't see, yeah, I don't see the point otherwise. I guess I can, like, level pink, but, not, you know, that's not really all that fun. So anyway, so that's what I did. Mm. Well, let's see. I guess it's my turn then. Um, what have I been playing? Well, since we were uh, at the uh, Four Seas Conference last week, I don't think either of us played a whole heck of a lot. But let's see, in prep for Four Seas, I played um, some new Super Mario Brothers Wii um, for some, so I could do some uh, something, so I could capture some some gameplay. Um, I. What else did I play before that? I was gonna play Red Dead Redemption again, no matter how much I hated, because I wanted to do to to capture some footage, but I couldn't find the um, composite cable for my uh, PS3, which is what I needed to plug into the DVR to to do my capture um, until like two hours before I was supposed to leave to go to the conference. Um, and at that point I found it sticking out of the back of my PS3. It was, <laughs> it was plugged in alongside of the HDMI cable. So I never, it never occurred to me that it would be there. Um, so I didn't play Red Dead Redemption, but let's see. Oh, I, I know what I played. <laughs> Super Street Fighter 4 for the 3DS. Yeah. about that? Mm. You know, let me tell you, as a as a as a as a fighting game, it was pretty sweet. Um, mm. It was it's a solid fighter, you know. It's a solid fight. It's a solid fighting game, no doubt about it. the the 3D background the 3D basically is makes the background look pretty, right? Yeah, because it's just a platformer, right? Right. Like- it doesn't add anything to the game. Um, it looks pretty. I've done add a damn thing to the game. Uh, 
Mm, um, that's too bad. It is. But, you know, I'm still waiting, waiting patiently for something that's going to, like, rock my world. It will mm. come, I am sure. Yeah, some new ones came out this week, and then there's another one coming out next week. Another couple. As I say yet again, and I've been saying, like, every two weeks for, like, the last four months, I am so over my game budget so far for this year. <laughs> and I'm going to say, I'm not going to buy one. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, you're not going to believe me, are you? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that you believe it. I do believe it. I'm not going to mm. buy one. Not at all. I promise you that. Okay, I don't promise. I am going to say to myself that I will not buy one. There you go. I like that. You, say, you could buy me the uh, Miss P. It's only $6, Samantha. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> you don't want to buy it for yourself. I mean, you can still. That is not the point. I know. I, I've been horrible. It started with buying that damn TV at the beginning of the year. Um, so I'm, I'm going to hold off. I'm not going to buy one. I'm going to wait. And I, I I have to say, let's see, what else? Have I been playing anything else? I've been playing something. I'm like, oh, God, this is horrible. I'm going to tell you what I'm addicted to on my phone right now. And I've been playing nonstop for like the last three days. Mm-hmm. And I hate these games. It's a damn freemium game. But I've been playing Tapzoo on my iPhone. Oh. I've been playing Tapzoo on my iPhone. And I've been playing Pyramid Solitaire. Okay. And mm. and uh, the Pyramid Solitaire has been a lot of fun. I've been playing that for about a week. But Tap Zoo, for some strange reason, I was like looking through i I was like looking through the through the iTunes store, and I was like, oh well, Tap Zoo, you can build a zoo. I'm like, that's just like the rest of those crappy games. Mm-hmm. But I like installed it, and then I was addicted. <laughs> so I've been you playing know, it. you know what you should try, Sam. Uh, I just tried this this week. It's called Dismount. It's a free game um, on the iPhone, and you, like, have this um, crash test dummy type guy, and he, like, stands on all this crazy stuff, like a set of stairs or a, you know, a really tall pole, mm-hmm. and you you target a place on his body, and you hit him, and you get the more points, the more uh, bones he breaks on the way down. Oh, is it like one of those ragdoll physics games? Yep, yep, exactly. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, it's pretty dismount. fun, but it's free. It's called Dismount. See, I'll, I'll buy that. I mean, see, I don't have to buy it. Hoo-hoo. <laughs> I will, uh, I'll try that one simply because it would be fun for me. But, you know, I can tell you Peanut would absolutely love that. Oh, yeah. I could see some laughs coming from that. Oh, yeah. So I'll check that out. Bonus. Mm-hmm. All right. What you been reading, folks? Well, I have been reading all about gamification for two weeks straight. <laughs> Cause it, That's um, surprising, yeah. Yeah, well, my my C's presentation... <laughs> hey, you all stop laughing. Uh, my C's presentation dealt a lot with gamification, so and I get a, I get some Google alerts, but I had been busy, so I had about a month and a half of Google alerts on gamification to catch up, so I just sort of slowly went through them and picked ones out and got screenshots for my presentation and um, read through and, and uh, did some writing about it. Um, I have been reading internet stuff about gamification. That's about it. That sounds cool. That's uh, enlightening. <laughs> well, let's see. What have I been reading? I don't know. I've been um, reading a lot of... I read last week I was... Read, 
I wasn't really reading anything new, I don't think. I was rereading a lot of game design stuff. Um, mm. Just kind of, you know, basic game design stuff. Um, stuff on fun, theory of fun. Um, I reread um, sections of, of Ian Bogost's uh, Persuasive Games book, specifically the chapters on... Um, Procedural rhetoric and procedural literacy, which were a lot of fun. Um, to and I, but being honest, I'm being perfectly honest about that. Those were a lot of fun, um, and they they actually and I actually said this during my my C's presentation um, is that the procedural literacy chapter in Persuasive Games made so much more sense to me now that I've done the baby school dance. Um, in terms of looking for, you know, what kinds of school your kid's going to go to based on, you know, kind of how you think they're, you know, kind of neurologically wired, what, you know, how you think they learn best. And you try to figure all this out before you put them in school, right? Um, and uh, so he has a section in the procedural literacy chapter on Montessori schools versus kindergartens. And like now that I've done the baby school dance, that that chapter made so much more sense to me, even though I had been, even though in the past life I was an elementary school teacher, um, but it never hit home to me in the same way, um, I guess because it wasn't my own kid that was involved. Um, so that was a lot of fun actually to reread that. It's fun to go back and reread stuff sometimes. Um, and, and Ian's book is, is, is definitely smart to say oh, the yeah. very least. Yeah, there's a, especially with books like that, um, like sometimes you go back and reread something and you're like, wow, I must've read a lot in the last two years because this is just seems really simplistic, but with, but his book is so dense and has so many layers that I'm sure going back and reading it is just exciting. Find new things. Yeah. It's, it's more, you know, having new realizations than saying, oh, well, that's obvious. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. So that's what I've been reading. What well, about you, Sarah? Well, I have been sort of on the um, same as um, Alex, not gamification per se, but my, my reading has been um, on the internet too. And, and because my, my students are actually working on they're designing their own games, you know, uh, I've been looking at game design as well. I mean, I found like this really basic game design program. They even had templates where you can go in and create your own games. And What's so crazy is, and I posted it on Facebook, but um, I don't know how many people actually clicked it, uh, that you could make yourself a little, you're a little knight, you can make yourself a first-person shooter, or it's like an obstacle kind of game. And uh, timed, of course, you know, and make it as hard as you want, you can choose your weapons. And what's ridiculous about this is I, would, I, I went in and I chose the little knight option, you know, I made my little knight. You could have all these different rules, you could fight bats. And I had so much fun playing my own game that I made. <laughs> you know, like I don't know why that was fun, but and, and I don't know if that's reading. But anyway, I was creating, I was composing. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, it was composition, uh, my own game, and um, it was like www.sploder, s p l o d e r dot com, and um, free game create creator. And it was it was like like so much fun. The students and uh, seemed to enjoy it. And then um, I read an article called "Why I Don't Lose Myself." in games anymore that was talking about um, how we're not asked to use our imaginations in games as much as we used to. That immersion, which this person was arguing was a necessary quality for um, 
the gaming experience now has been lost because we don't have to imagine as much. There's not as much space for the gamer to uh, inject themselves, interject themselves, project themselves onto the avatars. I mean, it's also much like you're you're in a movie that this person was saying that immersion was somehow impacted. Although I suppose you could say the same could be argued that the more realistic, the more immersed you are. So I don't know. But what what was interesting was the was the was the um, uh, privileging of immersion. Okay. And, and and so that was an interesting article. I also read another one that said, um, written by a gamer, this clearly, was that video games or violent video games turn kids into jerks. And the, the <laughs> argument here was, okay, maybe it doesn't make him more um, violent, but it makes him more jerky. And I wonder was, how they measure that empirically. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I should, I should post it in the Google Docs too because it was, I don't know if they were necessarily doing this, you know, scientifically, but it was this person saying, look, you know, you can't have a kid playing like Halo and, you know, bargaining to play games rather than playing outside or doing homework and not have the kid turn into some sort of jerk, you know. And so that one was kind of interesting. And then I did find one last article that um, was quite interesting. It was um, explaining how um, Grand Theft Auto was first pitched as an idea and it showed some of the original documents and some of the original planning, you know, like... Mm -hmm just like on paper. And so to see how it went from conception to eventual uh, realization, I think it was kind of neat. And they, they also had in that same um, website, they had uh, the documents, the, the little seeds, the little garden of Eden there for um, Bioshock, how it kind of was eventually realized. So that stuff was kind of neat. And then, and then I've also been reading, you know, about how the games have impacted pop culture and, and stuff like that. So I, I've done the same thing as you have, Alex, where I've kind of done a, a Google alert for like video games and gaming design. So you kind of go through each day and see what's out there. And um, so, yeah, that's what I, that's the stuff that I've been kind of reading myself. Very cool. Yeah. Kind of rambling there, I think, but yeah. <laughs> kind of neat stuff. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. I, I was thinking about what the first article you mentioned. Um, it reminds me a lot of McLuhan's argument about hot and cold media, yeah, and yeah, how, yeah. Um, like the le like the more you have to fill in, like mm -hmm. with TV, because well, and he, what was he writing in like the forties and fifties, something like that. But mm -hmm. um, the more because the picture isn't great and the sounds not great, you have to fill in a lot with your imagination, even if you don't realize you're doing it, mm -hmm. and so it makes it a much more like emotional kind of libidinal attachment to the media. So I wonder if that's where some of that's coming from. Yeah. I think you could make a similar, I mean, that's, that's exactly what this person was sort of trying to argue, you know, like the early video games, say river raid or something, you know, you had to pr put so much and project so much. There was a little bit more, uh, investment immersion, you know, the immerse immersive quality. And I don't know that that is, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, I get pretty immersed in Red Dead Redemption. I know Samantha's not a fan necessarily of that game, but um, you know, so I don't know. The more realistic, the less you're immersed, or vice versa. I don't know. See, and I and I think because of because I've played games for a really long time, that's been one of the things that has always made me not buy McLuhan's argument. 
mm-hmm. um, simply because the only thing that I could think about when I was a kid was more realistic games. But I was a kid a really long time ago. <laughs> I'm not going to say how long, but a really long time ago. But And I remember as a kid thinking, wow, wouldn't these games be so much better if they actually looked like cartoons mm-hmm. and I can mm-hmm. control them? Not this kind of photorealism that we have today, especially with stuff like L.A. Noir that's coming. And I really, really hope that I'm not disappointed in um, <laughs> But that was that was the only thing I could think of when I was a kid. And and I think that that lack of um, more photorealistic avatars, more realism, more, you know, giving me more and asking me to provide less made me less immersed rather than more immersed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, but which is interesting because I was an avid reader. I've been an avid reader since, geez, I was like four, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I can be, I can become totally and completely immersed in a book. And, mm-hmm. and more so when I was younger than I can now, because I guess because of, because of what I read. Uh, but reading fiction when I was younger, I could literally see the world I was reading about when I was reading. Mm-hmm. Um, with with the games that I was playing when I was younger, not so much. Um, I think I get more immersed in the games now. I mean, because we've talked about the visceral reactions that I've mm-hmm. had to games um, mm-hmm. that I play now. Um, I never had that. I never had that one with with you know with your eight bit, your sixteen bit, your thirty two bit games. Mm-hmm. It, it never happened for me that way. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I wasn't able. It was wasn't that I wasn't able to do it because I did it with I did it with print text all the time. Sure, that was, you know that was why I read so much because like I I could read, you know, I could read um, the Hobbit and see myself in the Shire, right? Mm. So, and see every and see every and see every detail about the Shire, which is really interesting because then you go back like when the movies are the the movies were made. Um, the most recent movies, because there've been tons of, of of Tolkien movies, but the most recent movies, and I was like, that's not what that looks like. Because <laughs> of course, I know what it looks like. Obviously, <clears throat> I think you're right, though, Sam, and I think he doesn't really acknowledge like the blurring lines between um, the different different types of media, like that. Right. Considering the book and um, and TV, especially now, because TV production quality just is great, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. so it's not really an issue anymore, but, but like sort of arbitrarily separating out book from TV, from radio as like pro- provoking different reactions from people mm-hmm. on like a grand scale. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I ever, I don't know if I buy that either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that, I mean, this is, this is tangential in a certain way, but I know that like, you know, the HD and you know how you can see everybody so clearly. I mean, like I'm saying, because technology becomes so strong, so good, it is kind of hard to watch people and be like, mm, I almost wish I didn't see you so well. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it does throw you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I wonder. Well, there's that uncanny feeling that you get yeah. when you have a really 
well-shot movie in a Blu-ray player on a real high-def TV, yeah. and you are like, this is too real. It is freaking me out. There's like a level you just... And you can't, you can't, I don't know if you can really know what it feels like until you're there, but mm. sometimes movies just, you can't even watch them because they look too real. Like, I've felt that before. It's very uncanny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, is, I don't is know. That I, why, uh, is that why, is that why Avatar nauseated me? No, Avatar nauseated you because <laughs> it was offending an entire race of people. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, Avatar is. Yeah, and people talk about how great that movie I was. I was like, mm. it took me a half an hour to not to get over wanting to toss my cookies before I could mm. really even focus on the movie. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Don't yeah. get me started. Billions of dollars, yeah, and say billions of dollars into that one, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the 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 next question that that Alex added to our uh, <laughs> our lineup this evening is, what you drinking? I'm drinking scotch. I'm going to go first. <laughs> In case you hear the soft tinkling of ice. I wasn't going to tell him that the I put ice in my <laughs> She ruined it by Here. putting ice in it. That's right. Calling you out. Oh, I know. Yeah. I just went down like 10 cool points. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> so what are you guys drinking? Water. <laughs> okay, I am drinking, and Alex knows this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex and I've been been working on some working on some things together lately. Um, mm. Non, uh, not your mom game, not your mom's gamer related. Well, yeah, kind of sort yeah. of. And uh, we've been hitting the local coffee house and mm. dying for iced oh. tea. They have great iced tea in the summer. It's all you can drink for like two dollars. It's like, and, yeah, it's like two fifty or something like that. And it's like yeah. oh, you can drink iced tea, and they make great brewed iced tea because mm-hmm. they have a. It's a coffee house, but they've got great loose teas. Yes. So we've been waiting for the iced tea Nirvana, <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, so and so every every time we go in, we're like, "Do you have iced tea yet?" And they're like, "No, I don't have any iced tea." Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, they come out and they've got iced tea. But it's freaking Peach Rubio's. Which is the grossest one. And that's all they've had for weeks. And they've had it every day. Every day. Every day for like a week. And it's just not good at all. So I've been jonesing for really good iced tea. When we were when we were in Atlanta last week, it was like every time we went somewhere, it's like, what do you want? I want iced tea. But it's just... That's why you got the sneaky sneaky, because you were craving tea. Because <laughs> I was craving tea. I've been craving iced tea. That makes sense. So when I went grocery shopping last night, I, I had seen the commercials for these Mio liquid water enhancers. I don't know if you've seen the commercial for them. You, it's uh. like liquid crystal light and a little, little silver bullet-ish uh, thing. Uh. Mm-hmm. I have seen those in the store. I have. And yeah. So I saw it on TV and then I was at the grocery store and I was like, oh, look, those are those Mio things. I was like, that's like carrying your own little Kool-Aid packets around in your bag mm-hmm. for water. And then I looked and they had peach tea. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, peach tea. So yum, yum. I bought one, even though it was like four bucks. Ooh. Sam, now I want to I want to just interject quickly. I want you to make sure that you tell the next part of the story correctly. I'm just throwing that out there. Which part? <laughs> the part about when when you Oh or- God. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so we were at the coffee house today, and um, 
I had a glass of water and Alex came back to the table. She finally gave in to the madness and paid two fifty for for a tea that she knew she was gonna hate. I just held my nose while I drank it. Cause she was cause she was just jonesing, which is crazy for me. And um and I was like, Oh, I was like, look what I bought. And I went and showed it to her. And so she goes, well, put it in your water. I'm like, but we're in a coffee house where they sell tea. I would feel really bad. But then I was like, ah, fuck it. Oops. I mean, oh, <laughs> now we have to put up a disclaimer. Oh, got to put up a disclaimer. Earmuffs. Air, earmuffs. Um, so I was like, oh, forget it. <clears throat> I'll go ahead and I'll put it, I'll put it in. So. It says that, you know, you need like one squirt for every eight ounces. So it was like a 16 ounce glass. <coughs> Excuse me. So I went ahead and put two squirts in. And then I I like picked it up and I smelled it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, it smells like poison. Here, Alex, taste it. <laughs> so because it smelled like poison, clearly I was the obvious choice to taste it, which I did immediately, of course. <laughs> and it was delicious it was oh. delicious and she didn't believe me so Pat who was sitting there with us goes well I'll try it too <laughs> Pat was like wow it's really good Sam you thought we were lying I to thought you. they were lying to me I thought they were setting me That's up hilarious I was like I am not drinking that y'all are so trying to set me up <laughs> <laughs> but I finally did get around to trying it and what I discovered <laughs> is that it smelled like poison because the little thing that says use one squirt for every eight ounces is pretty much inaccurate because two squirts in a 16 ounce glass just made it way too strong. It's like one of those drinks where your eyes open up and you're just like, wow. <laughs> like, holy cats. <laughs> holy cats. That's 12. You know, I know. I realized that as I was saying it, I'm like, I should just say shit since we're putting up the disclaimer anyway. <laughs> uh, Holy cats, kids. <laughs> Think of something else next time. I'm sorry. So that's what I'm drinking. I am drinking. Um, I had water is what I was going to drink. And then I was like, oh, but I have peach tea Mio. And uh, so I put a squirt of that in there. And that's what I'm drinking. I'm and there was some ice cream in there, too, I believe. Oh, yeah. I found Bluebell ice cream at the grocery store. So I was eating um, Bluebell blue banana cream, uh, no, banana pudding ice cream. What is that? Oh, see? Sounds good, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very cool. All right. So I like that segment. We should keep that segment. What you drinking? <laughs> what you drinking? Which means we'll have to drink every two every two weeks at least. Well, I I wasn't going to drink until you guys brought up that we should do that segment. So I blame you. Brought up. That we oh, that's not how I remember it at all. <laughs> I was like, we did not bring that up. <laughs> we did not do that. Well, regardless. Oh boy. <laughs> trying to blame somebody else. I know. <clears throat> Oh, man. What are we going to do with her? That being said. All right. So, news. What kind of news we got? We got interesting stuff. Well, we got a ton of news. The, I think one. I'm going to steal one of Alex's because and she brought it up when she was talking about why she started a new WoW character. Um, the guy who, who actually um, leveled up to 85 in WoW without killing anything. Or doing a quest. Is it a guy or a lady? That's a good question. I saw um, the person referred to as a she in several places. So 
So I'm 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 not sure who might have been assuming, I suppose, but I, I'm not sure. Anyway. Well, let's see, because that's a pretty interesting question. Mm -hmm. Um Because I I assumed mistakenly probably that it was a guy. Well, perhaps just the avatar is female. Let's see, I found it. No, I don't want to watch your stupid ad. Um, Everbloom, a night elf druid. Yeah, it's a female female druid. Uh huh. I don't see. I don't see <laughs> where they say it's a woman or a man. They're still wearing novice pants. That's funny. Well, you don't kill anything. You don't get good stuff. Well, that is very true. That is true. Mm, this is not... I'm just bringing it up. I, it was mentioned uh, in, in my world about this idea of farming. Is that where mm -hmm. you can... Go farming? Go. Yeah, you can get the gold and you can sell it for real in, in the real Two kids in Wisconsin just got busted for doing that. The FBI broke into their dorm room or whatever. That is yeah. wild. What, what makes it so illegal? Just because or... I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, that, I just thought that was interesting how video game profiting becomes like, you know, spills over. I, I, I don't know. Well, that's, a, that's always an interesting thing. It's like, because it was, you know, it's usually one of the, I think one of the reasons it's so problematic is that a lot of times it's, it's associated with um, hacking other people's accounts too, because oh, it goes against okay. the terms of service yeah, of, that's the, true. of the game. So people get their account shut down, and then they hack other people's accounts and steal, you know, and make characters there to to go farm. And, and I know this why because I've actually had my WoW account hacked a couple of times. Oh um, no! Until until um, I actually um, went in and put the authenticator on. And um, I think, Alex, you know this, because when we started mm -hmm. playing again the last time, it took forever while I had to, you know, prove to them that I was who I was by, like, mm. sending them a copy of my driver's license and so wow. on and so forth. Yeah, it was really insane. It was a really, it was a pain in the butt to actually right. have to prove to these folks that I was indeed myself and not the, not the, not the person <laughs> who had the hacker my account. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but um, I'm trying to think of what the book was. Um, the the notion of making money in um, there it is in in games and like actually making a living off of it is not a new one. Um, just, I remember you you know Julian um, Dibble Debell whichever mm -hmm. one it is. Mm -hmm. um, the guy who wrote My Tiny Life about That's blues. Right. He actually did a book, um, I think back in 2006, 2007, um, called Play Money, where he actually took, I think it was like a year off of his real job, and all of his income was made from gold farming, just mm. uh, just as, as, a, as, you know, as a research project. Um, which was really interesting. And he actually, I think the in the end, he made more money playing games for a living. Oh, wow. Than, That's crazy. Than he made as a journalist. 
Did he say which one he liked better? <laughs> you know, I, I imagine that it would just get real tiring. It would that would be awful. I mean, I don't even like farming when I'm like really into getting the mats for something. I you know, it would just get so old. Which must be why people are willing to pay other people to do it for them. You know, like it must be that tedious. Right? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, okay, I, it, it was interesting to me. I mean, it was part of a, an offshoot of our discussion that we noticed an article in the news. And like I said, I don't want to take it too far away from what you guys are talking about. But it was talking about Avatar rights and, and what kind of rights Avatars had and what we had as our rights as Avatars and this sort of... Well, that's you know, a fascinating question. Oh, my Lord. It, was, it's, it really is this interesting notion of who controls the Avatar. You know what I mean? And how much of it is us and how much can we expect and like you know they were wow came up which is why it made me think because that you know they said we well, you sign terms of agreement you know like you abide by certain rules sure. and then, then we were trying to hash out exactly you know what's a what do you mean by right and i said this seems like a ridiculous it may seem ridiculous now but i said you know 10 years from now when we have these completely immersive technologies where you know maybe i'm like the know, movie surrogate yeah i'm thinking surrogate you know i mean i don't think that's beyond the realm. I mean, maybe I'm being too, but um, maybe that's some at the ground level. This is something we should be considering because our technology is taking off. You know, mm -hmm. so well, it's sort was, of like the rape in cyberspace. Like how much, how connected to your body is your avatar, and hmm. and like, I mean, could you take a picture of my avatar and you know put it on the internet without my permission? You know. You probably couldn't of me without my permission, right? Or at mm -hmm. least publish it or something. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, yeah. Facebook makes that muddled. I mean, you know. Yeah, it does. Do they own me? I don't know. And yeah. is my Facebook an avatar? I mean, I don't know. You know, like, I don't know. Anyway, sorry, guys. I took us on a different level, but. Yeah, so leveling to 85 without killing anything. Yeah. yeah. I think that was, that was pretty, real. that was pretty interesting. That's remarkable. So, I don't want to steal all the news. What else? What else interesting have we found this week, folks? Well, there's a few things that we could probably just go over quickly that don't oh, need. Yeah. Um, the Wii price cut, 25% coming up, which has led to some speculation that there might be a Wii 2. Mm -hmm. Or the Wii HD, as people have started calling it on oh. the internet. I see. I see. I, I saw Wii 2. Wii HD, I like that. Or maybe Wii DS. Or wait, no. No, <laughs> 3D. <laughs> oh no! See, that's that. They can't do that because that's screen technology. Oh, sure, sure. You're right. You're right. So that's kind of exciting. Um, there's a rumor floating around that Microsoft is considering free-to-play Xbox Live, which would make me very happy. That is pretty interesting. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. I mean, it's fifty bucks for the year. I would. Yeah. I actually, we, we've been wanting to buy a second Xbox, and, but something that's stopping me is I just don't want to pay an extra $50 for an Xbox Live account out of principle, of course. It's not because I make such huge amounts as a graduate student, but um, but I think we would probably buy it. We'd, I, I bet you I would buy a second one, a second Xbox, if it went free. So See, but you know what? I, I'll tell you why I don't like free-to-play free technologies. Because mm -hmm. then they nickel and dime you on microtransactions. Well, I don't want to think about that. 
They do. They nickel and dime you on right. microtransactions. I would rather pay my 50 bucks a year and not have to worry about whether or not I have to pay extra for streaming Netflix, whether or not, because then they're going to charge you. They're going to do it as an app system. I bet you dollars oh, to them. Oh, gosh. I bet you're right. Then you're going to have to pay for the Netflix app, and then you're going to have to pay for, you know, not that I would, not that I wanted it. Only use, I only used it once when they did the update. Facebook app. Then you have to play for the Zoom app. Then you have to mm. pay for, you have to pay for They're going to nickel and dime the shit out of you then, and you end up spending way more than 50 bucks a year just to get mm. the same content that you'd get for $50. Because nobody ever goes free to play out of the niceness out of the niceness of, of the kindness of their hearts it's always it's, it's always about the bottom line damn it sam you just ruined my dream i'm sorry <laughs> i, I like, have pictures because i have a huge tv in my bedroom i had like visions of me like laying in bed or like rolling over waking up and grabbing my xbox controller then spend the 50 bucks yeah i'll just spend the 50 dollars <laughs> <laughs> um a couple more things quick things there is a survey and gaming has come out as the number one uh uh thing that uh people do on tablet tablet computers mm, i saw that too yeah. so that's kind of fun oh i can believe that oh yeah uh, i love my ipad for gaming it, i consider that a tablet computer um, yeah definitely it, instead of just an ipad but no it, it's i love my ipad for gaming i mean stuff that i had never played on um, on other consoles like Mirror's Edge, just like rocked on um, on the iPad, um, and I was just saying before we started recording it, I may actually have to buy another iPad because my um, that's an excuse <laughs> buy an iPad too because my iPad has become the uh, Barney Netflix streaming machine, <laughs> the <laughs> interactive. Uh, kids book machine you know the uh, kids game machine <laughs> it, it, that's what it has become right p p has taken it over and and you know she uses it to to watch barney on netflix um you know because she's 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 got li limited media interaction so she when she when she actually gets to watch something she wants to watch what she wants to watch when she wants to watch it um <laughs> sure so it's like, I want to watch Barney right now. And I've seen all of the episodes that are on On Demand. So guess what? Give me the iPad. Um, between that and like the interactive books that are more like interactive experiences now than just books. Like there's the book and you, you can like move things around and tap on characters and make them do things and say things and jump around. And sometimes it's like hidden object games and... Or she says, I want to color because they all have these painting apps that are built in. They give you these blank pages and you touch a color, a little colored bubble at the bottom and you can color with that color and then tap another one and color with the other color. So all of this is built into these interactive books. Oh, yeah. Awesome. This is unbelievable. I guess I never even would have con conceived of such things. They are awesome. And so, you know, it's, it's easy to understand why she won't give it back. Um <laughs> that and and I've discovered that my kid is a whiz at memory games. Mm. Those, you know, those concentration games where you turn cards over. Yeah. Is, is and she does like the adult like I guess they call them adult, right? The adult size puzzles that are usually like 5 by 5, so 25 cards. She can clear them in like a minute and a half. Whoa. Yeah. It's 
crazy. That is wild. It's crazy. It's, I get so excited watching her do it. Because yeah. I'm like, and because every time she every time she makes one, I go yay P, and then she stops and looks at me like, okay, mom, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. That is wow. She is impressive. Wow. See, that is very cool. I, I think so too, but I'm a little biased. <laughs> well, all the stories you tell about her, I'm like, are you sure that she's not like ten? Because that nope. sounds pretty amazing. She's sure only she's two. Not, like, 35 because well, she's, she's, she's two going on 23 yeah <laughs> and uh yeah about right that's awesome I, and uh, you know but i'm still thinking about the fact that i i guess i never thought about the fact that they could color oh yeah through through an app you know i mean i you know you can't put it on the fridge you know like our parents you can probably do cooler stuff with it even though like take oh, a screenshot true. and put that's it up true. on Facebook. Oh yeah, because you can. Because you can take a that's screenshot true. and you can you can do it just like you can print it or you can yeah. Oh well, sure, sure. Okay, so the next thing, I'm gonna just gloss over this one super quickly because it would probably lead to a fight. And we don't have that much time left. Oh, oh. <laughs> or maybe it won't. Uh, broadband industry contributes heavily to Republicans. The <laughs> broadband industry donated a ton of money to uh, to people who. Obvious. This is, I guess this is sort of obvious. Who supported the anti-net neutrality stuff? So mm. I thought that was interesting. Okay. Also, the first day uh, master's program in video game design was started at WPI. Uh, I lost my link for that now. Oops. Anyway, they said that um, uh, computer and video game software have been growing by ten percent a year um, for like the past uh, five or six years. And which is significantly more than the economy as a whole. I'm sure people can realize that. Um, and generated 10 billion in sales in 2009 alone, which is an astronomical number. Mm. And uh, so they had a uh, they had an undergraduate program for um, computer game design, and and they 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 just started a master's program. So that was a that was big news. It's Worcester Polytech Polytech Polytechnic Institute. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm. So I thought that I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Good, get yeah. some get some education in there. Education, it's mm-hmm. education. It's in, of course, it's in it's in Massachusetts, 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 <laughs> Mass. Yeah. Oh, very cool. So, yeah. um, our main issue of the week, something we wanted to talk about, something that that uh, I guess we've all been talking about a lot over the last couple of weeks. Um, probably the reason we want to talk about it now. And and Alex has a great post up on it on uh, Nachamama's Gamer this week. Um, and I'm gonna gonna add a, add my post probably tomorrow once I get an opportunity to sit down and focus on it for a minute. Is gamification. Um, and I think gamification is a really interesting um, is a really interesting concept and a really interesting topic and often a hot button topic to say the very least. Um, because we, you got people that are coming at it from a number of different directions, right? You have, um, you have some folks who are like, oh well, you know, gamification bad, gamification bad, evil. Ooh. Um, you know, why are you bringing, why are you bringing these evil, time wasting, mind warping games into the educational mm-hmm. sphere? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Kids shouldn't be playing these damn games anyway, and now you're going to make them play games for, for you know. I don't allow my kids to have media in the house. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lovely. Um, 
if you're listening to this, sorry. Um, I doubt <laughs> she's listening to this because why? Well, she doesn't she have media. Have house. She's not listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yes, that was an actual. That was actually a true story. In case you haven't figured that part out. Um, yeah. Whoops. And then we have you know Whoops. folks who 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 do who do games who do gamification um, who and I will say folks who do it um, in a more critical way. Um, who worry that, you know, gamification will be like other technologies that have been co-opted um, in the educational in the educational realm and just kind of plastered on top of pre-existing, um, outdated pedagogical practices in the hopes that it will make it gleamy and shiny and new without being critical about it at all. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Which is a very dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. For a number of reasons, um, so I mean, you've got people that are coming at it from a, from a bunch of different from a bunch of different angles, um, and and like I said, Alex has a great post uh, up on Not Your Mama's Gamer, um, mm. Alex. So I'm gonna stop rambling for a minute and let you talk about it a little <laughs> bit so you mm-hmm. can share. Well, me and James Paul G being <laughs> professors and researchers. <laughs> Who drinks scotch on the rocks? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he has it neat. Okay. Um, I, uh, if, if the person who wrote the blog that I just referred to is listening, you were very respectful, and I, I, I'm just teasing. Um, but uh, what I, what Sam said is absolutely right on, which is that that I really worry that the people like G, like us, uh, who have been working really hard. Um, for the past 15 years to um, to do games in the classroom in an effective way, in an engaging way, in a way that takes the strengths from games and uses them to help, pe- help people learn, because that's what it's all about, right? I'm worried that this because gamification is exploding, um, that people will jump on the bandwagon of it, and when it doesn't work, um, think that gaming and education doesn't work. Um, for example, if the principles of gamification, it comes from marketing. It's about trying to get somebody to click on an ad. So instead of just having like an enticing ad, you put Cupid or your Cupid and you have to shoot an arrow at a target or something, right? So you make that into a game to get somebody to click. It's not like some in-depth process. It's not... Um, it's not like critical, like Sam was talking about. It's getting somebody to click on something, and it's really shallow and cosmetic. So, mm-hmm. uh, calling Blackboard uh, a HUD is not going to be helpful for education. It it allows people to ignore, like Sam was saying, the reasons why what you were teaching wasn't engaging in the first place. Right. And so I and I, and I feel like I wasn't as clear in my post about this as I should be. So this is a good time for me to clarify. But I am one hundred percent, one hundred and fifty percent for integrating games in educational ways, gaming and education, all of that, all of the kind of work that's being done there. Um, but I don't. I think we should be really skeptical of thinking that a like real simple cosmetic changes are going to fix all the problems we have. The politicians seem particularly are what worry me because they seem to really be grabbing onto this. And, and that's, I mean, it's better than them calling t- for people to put the Xbox away, but it still sort of terrifies me. 
And I can say so. I want to say something else. Why? Because this is my podcast, damn it, and I can say it if I want. <laughs> For jerk-offs out there who think that it's okay to, to you know, say, well, she didn't quote me. You know what? Nobody wanted to quote you. Um, I mean, th- that aside. What was that? <laughs> we'll talk about that later. For okay. jerk-offs, for jerk-offs out there, like that, you know, that want to say, "Well, she didn't quote me, therefore she must be wrong. She's not paying attention to what people are doing in other fields." Oh uh, yeah. You know, one, it's not okay. That's not okay. That's not cool. That's not the way we do research. That's not the way we do argumentation. That is not the way we build a body of scholarship, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and it's it's also disturbing to me when it is you know, men who are established in some way, shape or form, or at least want to think they are um, in the academy are attacking one women and women who are graduate students. Um, Mm. So, you know, you know what, get over it, get over yourself. Um, Instead of seeking to attack in order to build a body of scholarship, why not work cooperatively? That being said, I'm going to stop and I'm going to let Alex keep going. Well, for, well, further, I'll just add to what you said. I mean, what can you expect from a 15-minute C's presentation? Right. You know, think this about the audience we, This is not something, and it's not something that's been published. It's a 15-minute freaking presentation at a conference to people who don't do games and don't do technology. That's so you've right. got to meet them where they are. That's right. That's right. So, And I'm yeah. not even drinking. that uh yeah that was that was on fire there but someone else can jump in here i want to hear what you guys have to say about this gamification thing (laughs) well i will say i will say now that i'm off my soapbox um i'm a huge fan of gamification and i i think i've talked about this before because i in a previous life you know i i taught elementary school um and i taught kids who were considered you know, at risk at the very least. Um, and, and I would say as, at the very least, these were kids that had fallen through the cracks and nobody gave a damn. Um, so it was always a struggle to get those kids engaged. Um, and, and one of the things that I always turned to in order to kind of come to that kind of engagement was games. And this was for the love of Christ, 20 years ago. <laughs> One day I won't be so old. Or at least won't no, be no, you'll be older. Yeah. I'll, I'll be older. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm going reverse in my time machine. Um, but, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, I understand and, and I have seen what happens, you know, firsthand when people kind of do, do you know, have, have crappy pedagogical practices and, and attempt to, you know, make things quote unquote fun and they attempt to get to, to get kids engaged and kids aren't fooled by that. Mm-hmm, exactly. They're going to see right through it. They see right through it and they shut down even more so that when someone who actually has an interest in doing it, doing it well comes along, they have no interest in engaging with it in any way, shape or form. So we, we run the risk of driving kids further into this, um, into this this pit of disinterest and and um, kind of lackadaisical behavior if we don't do it well. I mean, and we have a history as as folks who do technology in in the classroom of trying to grasp on to the latest cutting edge slash bleeding edge thing um, without thinking about what it is we're actually doing first. Right. Exactly. And, well, and that yeah, just makes right. for bad pedagogy. Mm-hmm. 
Right. I mean, I think I think that that you're right. I mean, it, it can't seem like a gimmick. Right. I mean, students will see through that in a heartbeat. I mean, don't you know? A lot of my students will say, "Oh, we're so tired of powerpoints because we get powerpoints all the time." But a lot of what that I mean that used to be, you know, well, we put it on a powerpoint, you know, and that was like. I know how to do PowerPoint. Um, now, Prezi, I mean, there's so many other ways that you can present the material. The thing is, <clears throat> the technology, the gamification, if you will, can't overwhelm the objective. I mean, it still has to be, this is something I need you to learn. Mm -hmm. And I think it's what you guys are talking about. If it's too transparent, if it's too, okay, you want us to play like this game and we're supposed to understand. The students are so not on board. And I don't need probably depending on age, but I know how I was. It was like, oh, we're supposed to be having fun now, you know. But <laughs> if it can be married, yeah, I mean, if you can marry the two, and that's the challenge, I think, for a lot of teachers. I mean, it's not easy, and I, I know that I fail at it often. Is is if you can somehow say, I'm not just trying to be flashy and gimmicky and entertain you. I'm actually trying to educate you, and this is the best method that I know how. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm trying to meet you where you are. Then I think it can work. But if it, like you said, if it becomes too obvious, students will turn off. It's like, no, don't just give me another, you know, crappy PowerPoint, or don't have us play another crappy Jeopardy game. And, or like you know I mean? naming our groups after Hogwarts schools. Like, yeah, sweet. you cannot do that <laughs> stuff. You know, like one time one of my professors, I mean, this is uh, Samantha, you and I are not that much different in age. He was having us name our groups after the Friends characters. You know, like it was trying to be too hip, trying to be too cool to the point where it's like I don't even, you know, I didn't even watch Friends at that point. So I'm like, I don't even know who the F Chandler is you know what I mean like it wasn't doing anything for me you know right. what I mean so his idea of fun was going nowhere so but I, I mean I think if you can use that technology you can use it well and you can it's because you know that that technology is going to give them the best possible chance at the best education yeah that's different yeah yeah I think you're I think I think you're right I didn't have anything to add to that except yes <laughs> I think it's I, like I said. I think it's interesting because we we had talked about this a couple weeks back um, when um, President Obama had had uh, visited the Tech Boston School and actually came out and said, you know, interestingly enough, he said, "Well, I think educational software should be more like video game software." And and my big question is like, why does it have to be more like video game software? Why can't our educational software be video games? As long as one, we think about what we're doing. We're not just throwing video games into the classroom and we make them actual learning tools, not for content, right? Because that's what not what games in the classroom should do. Mm -hmm. Because we've had too many games in the classroom that are supposed to teach content and they don't exactly work too well. That's right. Um, but for more tangential learning, some of the other things that, that students need to learn, critical thinking skills, analysis skills, logic skills, this those is, kinds this of things is, that we can actually is, do. Yeah, and this is what we talked about in, in my class. You know, you know, like what makes a game a game? And, and we said, well, it has to be fun. And I'm like, well, what makes fun? You know, and like it was brought up that sometimes when you're with your younger brother or sister, you will play in the living room and you'll play the carpet is lava. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So you'll jump from like couch to chair to blah, because you can't, oh my God, don't, don't touch the carpet or you'll burn up. Right. Mm-hmm. And I said, but you are not consciously thinking, oh, I'm learning agility. Oh, my muscles are being exercised. Right. It's right. almost as if it can't, like I said, it just, you can't be like today we're going to learn this, this, and this, and this is how we shall do it. Otherwise it loses the fun. So, yeah, I mean, it's almost, I don't know. Is it that games have to be fun or do games have to be compelling? Because I know that I have played a lot of games and if you played, if you played those crazy, uh, um, lost, uh, lost item games for extended period of time, (laughs) after a while it's not fun. It's engaging. Well, I think compelling is becomes the word uh, compulsion. It's like I have to do it. You know what I mean? Like I think on a certain level too, it's it's it becomes pleasurable. Like even in like even if it's hard and you're miserable, like you're still getting a certain amount of pleasure out of going through the experience. Right? It's the satisfaction. Yeah. Like it it goes back to um, what Rafe Coster says um, about game design is that a, a good game. A compelling game will push you to the brink of madness and then bring you back, right? So sure. it will make it so difficult that you want to quit. And just when you get to that point that you're just about to rage quit, it gives you a little back so that mm-hmm. you're like, oh, wow, score. I just did something like super awesome because I've been like working at this for like an hour and a freaking half and I just did it. Right. It is that thing that makes it continue to be compelling. It is that thing that draws you back in. Right. That pulls you back from is the difference between a rage quit and an epic win. Mm, mm, mm. That's yeah. Profound. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Well, and I think part of the part of the key it, for me, at least thinking about this is like the meaning has to be intrinsic to the activity you're doing. Like bringing in black ops is not most of the time going to be helpful for teaching things. But like you said, having a game, like even the found object game that's that, that teach certain types of skills like that is, is pro is more pedagogically will be more pedagogically sound. And I think more compelling than some of the, some of the more gimmicky things, you know, if there's not meaning and intrinsic in the activity you're doing, Students will see through it immediately. Well, and students will see that through exactly. Students see through that when you they oh, that's busy work. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a game. It'll just be like, oh yeah, well that professor gives us a bunch of busy work each week, and they don't like it mm-hmm. because it doesn't seem to have any value. Mm-mm. If they can take the skills and then apply them beyond, the students are on board. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're doing it through a game, if you're doing it through an activity, if you're doing it through discussion, whatever. It has to be applicable. And so, yeah, that'd be my point about all of it. Well, right. So, like, like we yeah. study, we study the rhetoric of games. Um, so we played, and I don't, I don't know if I'm 100 percent certain in this in this activity or not, but but where you you look at games um, and talk about the types of arguments that they're implicitly making, mm-hmm. um, it, like more Cots games, not because there are games that make obvious arguments, but um, mm-hmm. think about like what's on the periphery. Okay, so the woman's getting stabbed and raped on the periphery. What does that tell you about this world that's constructed here? You know, little things like that, I think, can be really meaningful activities to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's one of the things. I mean, it's, it's not that 
we have to make the assumption. And I think that people who posit themselves or position themselves as being anti-game will often say that, you know, you know, violent games make kids go out and kill people. Mm-hmm. Right. Violent mm-hmm. music makes, you know, people makes kids go out and kill. Oh, people. That that's, where all the, that's what mm-hmm. that's what happens with all those school shootings. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he went out and shot everybody, on, you know, on campus. He was playing Counter-Strike, um, you know, all this craziness. Right. I yeah. mean, but they what they don't recognize. And I think we've, we've talked about this before on the podcast as well, is that, you know, if if games have that kind of effect on someone, and I don't even think that they do, even in extreme cases, it mm-hmm. is not it is not in the absence of mental defect <laughs> that there's something right. seriously wrong with somebody that is influenced by games in these ways. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the same time, you know, because then, then you shoot yourself in the foot with that argument. It's like okay, that's so exactly there's, right. There's no, there's nothing tangentially learned that's negative. Then what about what's tangentially learned that's positive? Yeah, we can't argue in one hand that they don't influence behavior negatively, while in the other hand, arguing that it will influence behavior right. positively. Exactly. But, but right. I think what where the nuance in that argument is is that um, when we're talking about how violent video games affect people, I don't think that games don't affect people at all. If violence in game does games doesn't affect people at all, I argue that violence in games doesn't make people kill people. Because right. violence in if certain kinds of violence in games affects me, right? It, it I've, and we talked about the visceral reaction oh, yeah, that I've had with uh, uh, specifically about violence against women that is very sexualized or very sexual in games upsets mm-hmm. me and and will make me quit. And it has in two really big games in the last year, right? Between heavy between heavy rain and and Red Dead Redemption, mm-hmm. Red Dead Redemption, I never went back to because I saw no I saw no redeeming value in it. Mm-hmm. In in heavy rain, it was just one of those kind of jarring moments, but it did add to the narrative. So it was it was easier for me to go back to because it wasn't just gratuitous, bitch. I'm gonna cut you a new hole. Uh, now mm-hmm. I've jumped and dropped another bomb that I'm gonna have to. Uh... <laughs> but that was that, was, that yeah. was in context, right? Um, <laughs> You've let me get away with saying some pretty interesting things in context. So. Yes, it's all anyway. okay. It's okay in context. Um, you know, but that being said, there so there there are reactions to there are things that I think we learn from violence in games, and we are affected by it. Not just not just not in the way that that anti games activists want to say that we are. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is the thing that we have to kind of harness if we want to talk about using commercial games in the classroom, that there are also tangential things that can be learned with games. We can ask people to do to do analysis and talk about talk about what you know, what is the difference between um, a woman getting um, her throat sliced by men who seemingly want to rape kill or do something else kind of horrible to her in heavy rain and a woman being stabbed repeatedly in the street um while being called a bitch and being told he's going to cut her a new hole up and i should say specifically a prostitute in the street in red dead redemption what's the mm-hmm. difference there how are or you're thinking things? about gta too i mean yeah mm-hmm. absolutely they've yeah anyway I mean, so I think that, you know, that's that's one possibility. And then, like I said, other things that get learned, right? Other things that get learned in, in playing games, kind of critical thinking skills, puzzle solving skills, time management skills, um, all kinds of, you know, or, you know, what gets learned about, 
what gets learned about the environment and playing Sims games mm-hmm. or Sim City games specifically, right? It's all there, right? Yeah. So I mean, I think we can. I think we can. I think it, it is possible to say, games don't violent games don't cause kids to kill kill people, and then say, and then still say, but games can't teach because mm-hmm. there's a fine line. But I think you're right in that the the argument is in the nuance, and the argument is in is in as game scholars doing doing a good job and p- being in picking um, the questions to ask our students, you know, to, to examine with these games and, and helping, helping, um, them get the, the pedi- the education out of it that we, that we are hoping for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. I'm glad. <laughs> Gosh, we're running long tonight. Folks. I know we're running long. Should we do broke ass gamers? Yeah. Deals for broke ass gamers. Alex, how about you run those down this week? Oh, okay. You put them up. I'm going to be taking credit. All right. On Amazon, pre-order Portal 2 and get $20 Amazon credits. That's a good deal. That's a really good deal. deal. Uh, Buy one 3DS game, get $5 off a second. That's not that good of a deal. But, hey, if you're going to be buying new games next week, Sam, you might want to take advantage of that i'm not buying new games this week (laughs) oh yeah that's right on pre uh steam pre-order portal 2 and get 10 percent off and a free copy of portal it's kind of fun 75 percent off the potato sack indie bundle that includes games like super meat boy for 38 bucks that's a good deal uh super meat boy i'm gonna play that i've heard a lot about it Mm -hmm. humble bundle a new humble bundle three complete games one pre-order and a prototype from frozen bite Pay what you want, and it benefits Child's Play Charity. Trine, Trine, why do you say that? Trine? It's Trine. Trine. Shadowgrounds, Shadowgrounds Survivor, Splot, and Jack Claw. That sounds fun. Uh, Best Buy, buy any two connector 3DS games and get a $10 gift card. Yeah, so there you go. Deals for broke-ass gamers. Yeah. Fun stuff of the week. Go buy Mm -hmm. some games. I might go buy some games tomorrow. I'm probably going to buy a game tonight. <laughs> You're going to be spending that six bucks. I'm totally buying this $6 mystery PI thing. Cause I cannot even stop thinking about it right now. I'm like, I want to know where the butterfly is. <laughs> oh, I love it. That is it's, too funny. It's, it's happened. I don't know. I don't know how I feel I about myself. I think that, uh, uh, Civ Five and all the down and all the DLC is on sale in Steam um, now. I think that was the Steam sale that went up this afternoon. You know, I am. So, can I rant for three seconds? Oh, I'm right. so freaking pissed off at. Is it? It's Activision, right? That makes Civ. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they haven't come up with a patch yet to let Mac and PC players play together online. So make it freaking happen. Okay, that's my rant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ranting with you. Thanks. If they did that, they they'd have an immediate sale for me. Oh, see, see. You guys are are Mac bucks. users, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. But all my, my whole family plays Civ every single night. They're on playing Civ Five. My sister, my mom, and I can't play with them because they all have PC versions. So oh, yeah. that's 40, weird. Right? Forty yeah. percent off today only. Ooh, really? Mm-hmm. We'll get it done. <laughs> get it done. Except I'm not buying games this week. No, that's all right. No games this week. Mm-mm. Yeah. All right. Well, 
That was fun. That was All fun. right. Thanks, um, thanks everybody for joining us for our seventh episode of Not Your Mama's Gamer Podcast. Um, we will be back in two weeks um, with a topic that is as of yet undecided. So check the blog. We'll actually post it there. There we go. Hmm. We'll post it there, um, and we'll let you know what we're going to be talking about next time once we figure it out. Thanks again for joining us, and have a great two weeks. Ciao. Bye. Bye.